Howdy and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we have fun talking all things hunting and in the process do our best to support small and family-owned businesses in the hunting space. Here are your hosts and resident bandits, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Howdy everybody, Jimmy here, back uh, for another edition of the Feed Bandit Podcast, and with me is uh, my esteemed compadre, uh, Richard, how you doing, sir? Good evening, sir. Glad to be back. Yes, absolutely. We've uh, been a little busy, uh, but we're back in the saddle, ready to uh, record another awesome episode for you guys. Uh, a couple things we wanted to talk about today. Uh, where do you want to begin? Well, you know, I think um, we had a uh, this past this past weekend at Rancho Bandito, we had a real. Um, a really kind of interesting uh, situation occur, and it was, you know, we, we we sit here and we 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 think about you know op- topics to talk about things of that nature, and really something that we probably should have talked about in really in early October was you know the proper way to to track a wounded animal, um, and uh, of course it just dawned on me as I'm. Uh, running through cactus and the uh, cedar trees this past weekend at eight o'clock at night, doing that very thing. So, right. well, sometimes um, uh, you don't think about it until it's right in front of you. I guess exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear the story. Just for you guys out there, the listeners, I have not heard the story yet. I know, I know the end, but I don't know what all went down. So, yep, because I was not yep. there this time. So, yep, yeah, but. Unfortunately, uh, Jimmy's on a bit of a hiatus, or uh, uh, what? What do you say from hunting? But where that that's going to be changing soon. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, the really the the story starts kind of like they all do. Uh, one of our one of our really good buddies was uh, uh, was hunting, and uh, he had a uh, actually what ended up being, and we'll post pictures. Uh, a kind of again a unique situation with a very unique deer. You know, a majority of the spikes that you see um, are going to be yearlings, year and a half old, okay? Um, that's just that's just kind of the way it is. Well, um, my our, our buddy, again, at Rancho Bandito, had, a, um, had two spikes come out. One was significantly bigger than the other and definitely had all the makings of a two-and-a-half-year-old deer. Uh, obviously, a spike at two-and-a-half, well, the spike at two-and-a-half and older is... Uh, it's, it's no good. You now we're we're gonna that, that that's a deer that you definitely want to harvest. You know we we are looking for you know six points or more uh, for two and a half year old animal. So uh, and obviously on the, the this pasture that we're on is got a lot of protein, cottonseed, uh, manage very intensely. So just you could definitely say that this deer probably had some genetic issues. Uh, so we 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 definitely took care of his issues. Um, you know, let me stop you there. Yeah. I, I, just to Please. throw this out there, I remember. Uh... And talking about antlers and age and everything like that, uh, you know, you read different things here and there. But I remember we sat with uh, an old, uh, uh, you know, ranch uh, uh, biologist. I sat in right. a blind with him one time. You know who I'm talking right. about. And I do. I was asking him. This is kind of back when I kind of started in the beginning of my hunting, first right. couple of years or whatever. And I and I asked him about spikes and you know, right. uh, age and all this type of stuff. And he said, you know, in general, uh, you know, in the end. A uh, mature, healthy uh, whitetail buck, at least originally, you know, until I guess we started really pumping them full of protein and stuff, were right. eight points. You know, when they Correct. got to that, point. Correct. Uh, and they would achieve. They ideally, they a healthy or a good uh, one, one with good genetics should ideally achieve that uh, 
really by what what uh, two and a half. Right. I think is what he told me, and he said right. that a good, you know, a buck you want to pass on, and at one and a half, obviously, you know, unless right. depending on your management, I guess. If it's six points, that's what it should be at one and a half. Sure, sure. You know, uh, and then he said if if you see a spike, then that obviously is a indication, or could be, or usually yeah. is, like it's an yeah. indication of inferior genetics. So, right. uh, you know, that would be one to take. Uh, no, for sure. Yeah, that 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 is definitely the kind of the old school way of thinking, and I, and I think Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, still supports that idea. And, and I'll be honest, I supported it for a long time too. You know, we would see a spike, and you know, as long as the spikes were over like six inches or so, we <laughs> we we just blast away. I mean, my first deer a hundred thousand years ago was a was a spike you know but but i was also raised in the you know you don't shoot does you know god you don't mm-hmm. want to shoot your uh you the don't want to shoot <laughs> yeah the vehicle that brings you the animals so the philosophy has has definitely changed you know and at rancho bandito that's kind of the way we were for a long time we would kill all of our spikes well you know and we still will shoot a couple of spikes here and there, especially like the one that we got this past weekend. Um, you know, but but typically we try to avoid them. We try to we try to take out you know cold deer, for example. Uh, you know, our definition of a cold is a you know called a three and a half year old deer, a three and a half at least two, yeah, three and a half year old buck with six points. Uh, and we got we've got some great pictures of some dandies. Uh, nice. <laughs> we, we 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 shot a real nice one a couple of weeks ago that was I think he went 165 pounds, big old six point. Oh. Uh, I I personally love six points. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, and and that we we can get more into this topic about as far as antlers and age and range conditions because I think they're all they they all um, you know they're all kind of coincide together. You know, they're all dependent on each other. Is what I'm right. Gonna say. Well, okay. Um, let's uh, well, why don't let's paint the picture for people here. Uh, let's uh, paint it with a fine brush. So, was this in the this was in the morning or the afternoon hunt? This was, the, this was in the evening. This evening. was in the evening, okay. and uh, you could not ask for worse weather conditions. Uh, well, okay, no, you could have had maybe tornadoes or hurricanes <laughs> or, or lava blowing up everywhere. That straight line winds worse. or something, right? Seriously, you know, plague, whatever, <laughs> locusts. I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, it was, here it is, November 30th or whatever it was. It's the thermometers, you know, like you see in the Looney Tunes, you know, busting out at, at 80 some odd degrees, <laughs> howling south wind, high humidity. Uh, I am, I am, I am just getting over having bron- almost like semi bronchitis, and and God only knows what I got from traveling all over this country in the month of November, uh, and I'm in the blind, sneezing constantly. Um, it was just terrible, terrible conditions, um, and we were really concerned that the deer would not move. And, and I'll tell you, when the feeders went off at four o'clock, uh, I mean, we had dove and cardinals, we had all kinds of of uh, birds of feather, but we had no deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, sure enough, about five, no, not five, uh, 4.50, the wind died down, started to get a little bit cooler, and it's just like the light went off, and snap, here they come. And uh, I was hunting about two miles away, and um, now where, where was I had, he? Where was he, 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 he was on the front, the front area of the place. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so he, um, and I was about a mile or so away, or two miles away, and I actually ended up shooting a deer, and then about 10 minutes later, he ended up shooting his deer. 
So it, it kind of going back to him uh, again, kind of more paying the picture. He had he had multiple deer come in, several of which were just just beautiful deer, uh, deer that we will not be shooting anytime soon. I think he had a he had a big straight line ten point and uh, a couple of big eights, and, and of course he had a, he had a very young spike come in, and the this the spike that he ended up shooting. Um, and again, as far as equipment is concerned, our, our friend here shoots a, a seven mag with like a 140 grain bullet. So uh, he's really, he's really meant, for, he, he can take care of whitetail hogs, abominable snow monster, whatever. But it's important that we talk about what he's shooting. So, um, so the story goes, he, he, he put, and, and, and mind you, our buddy is an outstanding shot. Uh, I, I don't think this has ever happened to him. But and he's got amazing he luck t- just for uh, he does. <laughs> to, see, to see a deer almost every time. He know, does. Like, unbelievable. It's guaranteed he, almost. <laughs> when when, the, yeah. when his scent is in the air, it's like... Uh, yeah, so, he, like, he is, he is Owen, insanely Owen. lucky. <laughs> he is insanely lucky. So, yeah, so he, he pulls the trigger. Um, this would be his third, uh, second or third deer of the year. He pulls the trigger, and you know the deer does kind of the lunge up, and then kicks his legs out. And, and I, growing up, I always that was always called the telltale hop. Uh, I'm not sure if you know what. I don't think that's a technical term, but that's a, that's what I learned to call it as. But that was an indication that the deer had been shot in the lungs. Uh, and of course, you know the, the deer ran off, and and it's as it's happened, you know, many times me shooting deer in the lungs. It's you know it's a dead deer running, but you know the heart's still going, so that thing keeps you know keeps moving. Uh, again, you know th- this deer, you know, was a two and a half year old deer. So we're not talking about a monster. And again, with that seven millimeter at under a hundred yards, you know, you would think that a um, you know lung shot deer, again, especially a smaller body deer, <coughs> wouldn't have the the wherewithal to. T- to make it very far. So he, um, he, you know, deer runs off. He texts me. We're kind of hooping and hollering because I had just dropped a deer too, uh, which mine was about a hundred yard neck shot, but no big deal. <laughs> and, um, uh, which if you know me, I was, I was shaking. Like, I mean, oh. God, you would have thought that there was a trimmer in the blind. It was awful. <laughs> uh, thanks. And I, you know what? I didn't video it either. And that's probably good uh. because my, uh, I, I was shaking so bad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but he texts me and, and says, "All right, he ran off. He, you know, he did a he did a little hop thing. So I'm pretty sure he's he long shot. No big deal." I said, "Okay." So I go and gather my deer and I start heading back to the to the cleaning station. And uh, I text him because I hadn't heard from him. And I said, "You know, you you found him." He says, "No." I, you know, he texts me back. I hadn't seen anything. I hadn't found anything. I found a little bit of blood, but but that's about it. And you know, the long shot the long shot. Uh, deer sometimes will not bleed very much. Uh, I have found that to be the case. So I said, so let me okay. ask you here. Let, let yeah, me ask yeah, you yeah. here, and maybe you'll mention this later on. To, and if you do, just move on. But uh, did he did he wait in the blind long enough? Or you know, I, I that could I be a good point did. to talk about here. About no, know. for sure. And and that's that's one of the things I want to circle back around and oh, talk okay. about. All right. Kind of the, over the the hundreds of years I've been doing this, and really what I consider to be the the gospel when it comes to tracking animals, and 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 what you should do to to significantly increase increase your chances of recovering an animal. Okay, we'll um, circle back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, um, I end up dropping my deer off. We've got a walk-in cooler because uh, again, I I ain't gonna let that deer hang when it's eighty degrees. Uh, so I put my buck in the cooler after I tagged it, of course, and. 
then I went out to help him. And, uh, you know, I always carry my flashlight with me. I always make sure it's got fresh batteries at the beginning of the season for, for this very, very reason. So we, uh, I pull up to where he is and his, his pickups there near the feeder and, how long has it been since he shot it to this point, you think? To this point, it's a great question. It's probably been 30 or 40 minutes. So okay. a plenty of time for a lung shot deer to uh, to expire, you know. Um, anyway, so so we go, you know, he, we, we go to where where he last found blood. And, it, boy, it, it is a great sign. I mean, it is. Um, it is gushing out uh, and it is full of, it is full of bubbles and it's very light. So it's auction, auctionated. I can never pronounce that word, uh, but it's got bubbles in it. You can definitely tell he hit him in the lungs. Uh, and again, with that seven millimeter, smaller body deer, you know, I'm putting all the things together in my head. Hey, he's just going to be right here. No big deal. You know, right. You're just right uh, under that tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He died right there, you know, and, and again, that's what we're, what we're hoping for. So we, we kind of start the, the tracking process, and, you know, there again, there's just a ton of blood. Um, and, and then we, we, we kind of start to, uh, you know, get our flashlights, and we're staring at that ground, and we just can't find any. So it's uh, dark it, now. I mean, it's, oh, it's Yes, yeah. yes, that, thank you. Yes, it, it, it is definitely dark by now, uh, and it's windy. And, and uh, that's yeah. important because, you know, we've got everything's kind of moving. So, you know, your, 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 your attention gets caught by everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you have your – don't you have the uh, uh, blood flashlight, like uh, one that no, has No, I did. I did, did but it's work? stuck in my pocket because – it was in my pocket because when I went to click it on, uh, I did not put new batteries in it. Oh, so it but you work. did the other one. <laughs> yes, but I did the other one. I did the other one. At so least one I, of them had new batteries. Though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, so does that actually had, work by the way, that flash, you know, I, I, it's funny you say that cause it has a green, it's got a, it's got a regular led. It's got a green, it's got a green light and a red light. And I always just seem to end up using the, the white light. Uh, t- truth be told, I actually end up just normally giving it to somebody, yeah. you know, for them to use, um, as cause it's, it's a pretty bright light. Um, but I actually never played with it, and that was kind of my intention was to yeah. to try to use it. But again, it it wasn't working. So um, anyway, we 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 go and we and we again we start to to track this deer, and you know, so what we what we typically do is, and we're kind of getting ahead of it, but um, you know, we'll have we'll have somebody real right there, kind of mark the last spot that you were at, you know, that you found blood, and then that person kind of searches, and the other person kind of goes a little bit forward. Uh, mind you, we, we, we really try to stay off of the trail that we think that deer traveled because obviously, you know, a size 13 boot on a little speck of blood, it's gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's kind of the way we, we typically track. Um, and of course it ended up being great now, but it, it is amazing to me how this deer, uh, lost that much blood initially, uh, and was able to, to, to keep on trucking. Uh, so we, we, we tracked this deer through some extremely thick cactus flats, uh, through, through some very thick cedar trees. Uh, but, but, but nonetheless, this deer, uh, went for probably a quarter mile, uh, really along the, along a, a well, um, a well-made uh, track, you know, made by other deer, you know, which again is typically what they will do. 
uh, until they really start to get to the end, and then they they will kind of start to deviate. But uh, again, again, about about a quarter of a mile with just very faint blood here and there. It was it was it was an amazing tracking job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking this thing, and again, it was on trails, but it was going over logs. Okay, it was uh, it was going through cactus. Uh, you know, thankfully we had a lot of disturbed soil where we were tracking with a lot of rocks. So uh, when that red blood hits those white rocks, I mean, obviously that's that's a real easy sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, a quarter mile into this thing, and, and at least an hour, hour and a half into into tracking this deer, I you know, it would kind of pick up a little bit, but then it would stop. You know, so we'd have to go back and and look for little specks, and then then we reached a we reached a point where we got to an overgrown road, and on that overgrown road, you know, we didn't have any trees or stumps; we just had freaking uh, you know, buffalo grass and whatnot. Right. It was waist high. So, I mean, and, and, and the thing is, every time we would, and, and we come to this road, okay, well, where's that deer going to go? Is he going to go right? Is he going to go left? Or is he going to go straight? So we had to stand there and we had to, you know, to pull the grass back and look, you know, look for the, we had to kind of look on the left side because that's where the, the exit wound was, uh, you know, kind of along the trail and look for it. Um, well, again, you know, just just keep going and keep going, thinking that man, this deer has just got to be here any minute now. Um, you mind you, we're just getting further and further away from the the truck the entire time. Oh yeah, it's um, flat. It's dark as it is very dark. Very dark as night. And <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I guess maybe it, you're it, looking it, back. Did you have the the headlights to kind of give you a little? No, God, no. You're no, too we, far into. Oh, oh, God, no, no, no. We we were so far into there, and I'll get to that point in no. a minute. Uh, we were so far in there that, that you couldn't even hear somebody yelling at you from where wow. that feature was. We were that far back there. Um, so, uh, again, you track and track and blood starts to pick up a little bit more. We start to get a little bit more encouraged because it's a pretty good trail. You know, and we're, and we're, we're starting to find it every couple of feet, you know. Um, well, we come to yet another overgrown road with this big high prairie grass. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of do our, our same approach that we've been doing. You know, I stopped right there at the kind of the quote unquote entrance to this road and our buddy, he ended up, uh, kind of getting on the road. And, and if you look down, you know, look to our right, there's a very clear, you know, trail where the deer have been walking up and down. I said, Ty, I said, Ty, I guarantee you, he, he walked down that road. I'm going to stay right here. Uh, why don't you just walk down that road and check out the left side of the trail and I guarantee we'll pick it back up and, you know, and, and uh, so he started doing, he started doing that and he started walking down the road. Uh, and so while he's doing that, since I'm the one who's kind of calling the marker, since I'm the marker, what I will typically do is I'll just get my flashlight and just kind of pan around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I mean, I'm not, not doing anything else. So I was just panning around. Well, our buddy Tyson gets about about quarter, you know, about halfway down that road, and I'm panning to the left, and boy, that is when it catches me. There, <laughs> there is a there is a pool, a pile oh. of blood, yeah. uh, just to the left of this trail, uh, and I mean, you, I, I don't know how we kind of missed it originally, but it's probably well, it's easy probably, to do when it's dark. Oh, yeah, big no, time, yeah. It was probably three foot by three foot. I mean, oh, wow. So, <laughs> oh, and wow. so I said, okay, clearly this guy had, had laid down there. Um, you know, yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, you could, you boy, you couldn't, you couldn't miss us. Um, and, and so he had clearly laid down there. And so I called, I called Ty back and 
we start moving down that road and and 10 yards down the road there he is you know and of course we were we're hooping and hollering, and boy, what a what a celebration. We were just, I mean, it was a hell of a tracking job. You know, I've tracked a lot of deer in my life, and we've, I've, I've, I haven't found maybe two or three, um, but this one was a hell of a job. So I, I was, I was really, I was really impressed. Now, kind of the, the funny thing about this is that Tyson has a young son, uh, young as in like five years old. Well, you know, tracking this deer through the bush, you know, oh, with he was being in the blind warm, with him, right? You know, yeah. He was in the blind. You know, he didn't want to bring his son with him right. as we're tracking the deer because, you know, cactus, all that kind of stuff. So he, he's a tough little dude. Uh, he, he sat in the pickup. Well, you know, as Tyson and I are, are tracking this deer, we realize, oh, my God, you know, well, I, I, so he originally put him in the pickup. Okay, let, let me back up. He originally put him in the pickup. I got there, joined Tyson. We start going down the road. I said, hey, dude, what about Bo? He goes, oh, no, I got to go get Bo. So he goes and gets Bo, and he puts Bo in, in one of the, the other ranch vehicles uh, in the Jeep and, and, and brings him a little bit closer, okay, while I continue to track, right? So Bo's in the, Bo's in the Jeep. He's, he's safe and sound. Uh, but I don't know where Tyson parked the Jeep. So we end up finding the deer, and, uh, you know, and, and we end up finding the deer, and I say to him, okay, you know, th- this is great. I said, I tell you what I'll do. Uh, I'll run back and I'll I'll find the Jeep and I'll bring it around with Bo and we'll pick it up. We'll pick up the deer and then because I kind of had an idea of where of where the deer of where we had found the deer. So I walk all the way back and I can't find the Jeep. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. Uh, and so I start kind of panicking because I know that there's a five year old boy out there in the Jeep in the middle of the bush. Right. Uh, who's probably freaking out right now. And so I start calling Tyson, and his phone keeps going to voicemail. Oh, keeps going to voicemail, <laughs> keeps going to voicemail. And I'm like, boy, this is not happening. So I start I start screaming as loud as I can, and he can't hear me. That's how far away wow. he is. Uh, and, and if it's not eerie enough, the, the second I start screaming at him, guess who starts screaming back at me? That's oh. co- coyotes. Oh, coyotes. <laughs> I, I, I am not kidding you. And, really? And I, You're talking I found, to me. Hooked up with Tyson later. He's like, oh, man, they were right there. He goes, I have my fists ready because that's all I had, um, which, of course, would have made a lot more a more interesting story. So right. so now we've got – I've lost him. We found the deer, and I've lost his son and a vehicle. So this is getting <laughs> off expensive. So I ended up getting his truck and, and, and finally just driving to where I think he is, and then I started to honk uh, and then started to yell. And finally I connected with him. We picked up the deer. Tyson went and found Bo in the Jeep. Bo was sleeping the entire time. Nice. Good boy. Yeah, we ended up getting yeah, yeah, good boy. Yeah. We ended up getting the deer back and he was he was a bit riggered, but uh uh still so, great eat, great hunt. So okay, so from the time he shot him to the time y'all found him, right. how long was that, you think? Oh God. Um like two and a half hours, something like that. Okay, so you probably searched for at least an hour and a half, hour and at almost least. two hours, maybe. At least. Yep, yep, and that's what I just want to talk about next. Oh, oh, and, and here, here's here's the the most interesting thing, and we're we're gonna post pictures of it. Um, again, this this goes to why I was talking about the gear that 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 he was using, the hole in this deer's chest. I've I've never seen anything like it. In fact, when we found the deer, we thought. You know, the mountain lion or, or a Kodiak bear or, or some <laughs> undiscovered animal had, had, right. had, had just taken 
a chunk out of his chest. It was the size of a small watermelon. Hey, wow. I can't wait for everybody to see the picture. I've never seen anything like it. And it yeah. was that seven millimeter. And that deer went that far. Right. That is crazy. It is absolutely incredible. You know, and, and we always talk about, you know, deer being tough as nails, all animals being tough as nails, especially compared to us pansy humans. Uh, but for this thing to, to, to go as long as he did and as far as he did is, is really, it is, it's amazing. And I guess what ended up happening is he ended up going for a neck shot and hit him a little bit low. Um, but again, with, with, at that distance, with the, with a bullet of that magnitude or that, that much punch behind it, um, for, for it to, it to, for it to make it that far was just, it's amazing. So, um, he was going for a neck shot, but it was, it, he hit him in the lungs. Well, he he hit him a little down. Okay, he hit him a, a little down and a little forward. Um, so like one of the shoulders. So it wasn't a pure broadside like shot, probably. I, I, I'm trying I to picture it. I don't think so. Okay. But yeah, I mean, wait, just you know, obviously, wait, till you see the picture. I mean, yeah. God, the damage that it did was it just amazing. Man, um, that just—I mean—it's crazy how you know sometimes you'll shoot one and right. it'll fall fall right immediately. You know. Right. And, uh, and even without a heart, without a it, it making the heart or anything, you right. know, sometimes they just exactly. bam fall. And then this yep. time he blows off whatever he did. I got to see the yep. picture uh, along with the listeners, but uh, and it right. still ran that far. Yeah, I mean that's amazing, amazing. So so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, as I say, they just t- t- talk real quickly, kind of about how we track, you know, and 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 kind of the. You know the the thinking behind all of it. You know, and when what do the animals do, and you know what and what 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 you should do and what you should not do. You know, our kind of my our rule of thumb, the way I was raised and the way I've done it, and it's it's treated me very well. Um, is basically, you know, if you see that animal fall right then and there, and it's not blinking, it's not moving. You know, I I I typically take my time and go get my vehicle and then come back and you know and 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 recover the. Um, uh, and recover the animal. Um, but it, my rule of thumb is, is that animal runs off and you do not see it. Okay. You, you do not see where it fell. Uh, I typically will, will wait in the blind or wait in the area for an additional 10 to 15 minutes. And then I will very quietly and slowly, uh, back out of there and give it another 15 or 20 minutes. And, and really what, what you're doing by doing that is you're just letting the animal expire naturally. Uh, now I, I don't know if if our buddy went out there too fast. I don't think he did. Um, you know, in that case, you know, like like with a lot of the gut shot deer, you know, they're, they're just gonna, they're just going to run to the next county if they can. Right. Uh, but but that's always a really good rule of thumb that 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 will give them some time to, to just chill and, and hopefully expire quickly. Um, you know, the, the the second tip I can give is, is have the have a buddy. Have a buddy. Having a buddy or multiple buddies is even better. That way, you can get out there um, and and really and really work the area good. Now, that can of course backfire if you got a bunch of guys that are out there and and they're walking all over the trail, you know. Mm-hmm. So, the way we like to do it, and we we kind of alluded to it earlier, is we 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 find the the last spot of blood, and then again, you know, we just kind of okay, where's this deer gonna where's this deer gonna go? You know, again, typically they're going to travel, even if they're really hurt, they're going to travel the path of least resistance. Uh, and, of course, with this deer, it ended up being the case, again, until the very end, mm-hmm. until he deviated from that, that road. 
Um, you know, and then again, you got to kind of look on the side of the trail where the exit wound would be. Um, but that, that's how we do it. It's kind of the, the marker and the, the forward guy, you know, uh, and that, that's what we did. And it was, it was extremely successful. Um, talk about what you, uh, at the beginning though, when you, when you went and you looked for the initial blood, like where he was shot and you, like, what were those things that made you think it was a lung shot and and versus a normal or different you know, area. Right, right, right. So yeah, when we, when we saw, when we went to full first, when he went to the actual spot where the deer was staying, there was no blood. Okay. Uh, there, there was no blood at all. And and then of course he, he kind of went to the area where he thought that the deer had run. And that's when he found uh, all the, the very bubbly light color mm-hmm. blood that, that, that led him to believe that this was a, this was indeed a lung shot. Okay. Um, so, so that's kind of how we, we knew where it was. And then that's where we, we begin the trail. Um, you know, if, if, if it had been me and I had been by myself, uh, one of the things that I always like to utilize in the daytime and in the dark are, are, are kind of marking objects. You know, if you don't have a buddy who can be there with you to help, um, I will find sticks and I will make little teepees. Uh, in the trail, and, and I make teepees as opposed to just putting rocks there so I can look back and I can see them sticking out of the grass. Um, That's a good idea. I, yeah, I, I actually did at, uh, at one of the places on one of the other pastures where I, I lung shot a deer, and he, he ran. God, he ran for a good 200 yards. It, thankfully, it was straight down a trail, but I ended up just marking it the whole way, and it kind of... <laughs> It, go walking back, it was kind of funny. I had to move everything to get the jeep back there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, you you using trail markers when you're by yourself or when you're with your buddy, especially at night. You know, it, it's that, that's a a really good tip. Um, and then obviously, probably the biggest tip is, is have a good flashlight. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. God, you've just got to have, you've just got to have, um, you got to have. It. So, um, that's what I that's. That's kind of my uh, my my tracking tips, uh, uh, but you know, obviously, you can uh, you can avoid tracking altogether if you get out there and and, and you really practice. Now, things are going to happen. You know, deer is going to sure. step forward the last minute. Deer, you know, but I I would say that a lot of a lot of wounded deer are are probably by you know the you know folks who just don't practice. And it's going to happen, by the way. It's happened to me. Yeah. I've lost two deer in my career. Yeah, I'm not proud of it, but it but it happens. It'll happen again. Oh yeah, um, that's I've lost them too, and it's a, yep. that it's a terrible feeling. It is but, a sick feeling, it's but it sick. happens. That's for it sure. Does. It does. Talk so. about uh, you mentioned right at the beginning of this what t- what he said the deer did right when he shot it, and I think probably yeah. that's an important takeaway too. Is you know right. when when you're shooting a deer, you know to try to watch its a- its action like right yeah. when you shoot at it, so that you know it's uh, you can feel confident that you did hit it. Because sometimes, right. well, you know, it doesn't happen every time. Because I mean, I, right. Lord knows, I've shot a deer and it like ran right there, then died. But it, right, right, <laughs> it didn't right. seem like it even moved, flinched, you know. Sure. But it, it was dead sure. five yards away, but right. uh, just out of my sight, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of times, you can see it do that kind of flinch or that right. jerk or whatever it was, and that's why it's important, I think, you know, or not, I think, uh, just to watch as much as possible that deer until you, you know, follow it until it falls or you know, follow it. Till it disappears, Absolutely. but also right at the beginning, how it moves. You yeah, know? I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, um, you know, uh, again, a, a long long shot deer typically, typically, uh, from my experience and just from stuff I've seen on TV. You know, they do this kind of 
this kind of lower their shoulders, and a lot of times they'll kick. Um, I'm not sure why they do that, but but that's what they do. And that's, again, they, I probably think I saw this in a show a billion years ago when I was a kid. I, I had... I my I begged my father to buy me uh, this is uh, uh, VHS tapes, you know, of, of deer hunting, and I literally watched them till they were. I mean, they probably couldn't even play anymore. And anyways, they called it the telltale hop, and it's when they lunge forward and they kick their back legs out, uh, and for then that's apparently a good indication they've been lung shot. And I, I've seen them do that before. Um, you know, I've also seen them, you know, where you. Um, on a lung shot deer to where, you know, if you're, if you're a, on a white tail deer, cause it's different with exotics. If you're a little forward and you hit that shoulder, sometimes they'll kind of, they'll get in the lunge forward, but then, then that, that, that arm, that leg, that front shoulder that's closest to you will basically act like it's paralyzed, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you're, you're, you're talking about a dead deer, uh, normally. Um, the, the gut shot deer, those are, those are the, the scary ones in my opinion, because, you you really struggled you 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 kind of like okay wait a minute did, did i hit that deer right. uh I, I don't know and the thing is a gut shot deer you're you well, the gut shot deer you you have not hit anything vital um you've not hit the lungs you've not hit the heart you've not hit the spine so so a gut shot deer will run just like a, i'm really scared the crap out of me type deer and um that's that's tough man that those are really tough now in the on some occasions, um, for example, my my first year when I was you know ten, I think I I shot a spike uh, and I basically uh, lined up the crosshair, started to cry, uh, looked away, and pulled the trigger. And uh, this deer, this deer, I mean, this deer was was it was a year and a half old deer. It was very small, and it just blew him down. So I knew that I had hit him. Um, but uh, anyways, he we 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 obviously got him, but. You know, sometimes I remember I got shot a, a bigger deer about 10 years ago, um, just just made a really errant shot. And, uh, boy, he um, he took off like a pat out of hell. I don't know if you remember this one. You actually helped me recover him. And uh, now we gave him we gave him about an hour, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sure enough, because we didn't push him uh, and we gave him proper time. Uh, we ended up finding him in that creek. Remember that? Uh, yeah, God, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that deer, I, I distinctly remember that deer making no indication that he was fatally hit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it happens. I, I remember the, the, the oddest reaction and this kind of goes to your description of a long shot, uh, deer. And I, I, if I, I think it was a long shot in the end, mm-hmm. but uh, it was the doe, and I shot at one of the blinds, um, and it was facing me. Right. And typically, I shoot it broadside. That's what I do. I do heart and lung. That's pretty much all I ever ever do. For a reason, today I decided to shoot it. You know, right there, going for the heart. You know, the right. exposed kind of area right there. Right. And I shot her. It was a doe. It was one of the biggest doe I sh- I've shot. And her initial reaction was to was like to bend down on her front legs. Right, and then she, I guess her muscles spasmed or something, and her front legs pushed so hard that she did a backflip. <laughs> oh God, really? And then, and then laid down right there. Yeah, wow. I mean, that was a, that was an interesting one. So I mean, that, that was one of those. You, I shot her and I watched. She did that flip, and I was like, yeah. "Holy crap!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. God. Wow. So I mean, the the reactions can be interesting. 
No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. You know, the, the deer that I shot, again, my, my, my amazing neck shot, uh, it was facing right at me. And, you know, if you look at a white-tailed deer, they've got kind of that, that throat patch, per se. Uh, and then uh, I, I, I typically will put my crosshairs between the throat pat below the throat patch and uh, kind of the, the base of the neck. Um, that way, um, you know, I, I have a, I increase my chances of making a fatal shot. Uh, moreover, with especially shooting the ballistic tip, I have found that, you know, when that bullet gets in there, it'll really rattle around. And it'll really jack them up pretty good and put them down quickly. Um, when I shot this buck, he was eating out of the protein feeder, again, facing me. So I got him in that spot and, uh, he pulled out of that feeder and, and fell on the ground and then was basically just, again, it was kind of like of a cartoon. His legs were all wild and crazy and, and, and I didn't see him fall down, but he, he piled up, he, he didn't go, he didn't go 10 yards. Uh, piled up there but again i followed my kind of my my rule of thumb and i did not see him fall uh knew he was hit thought he was hit pretty good so i gave him a good i gave him a good 20 minutes or so uh then sure enough there he was piled up but uh yep well yep. what uh talk about the importance of being patient you know when oh, you're doing yeah. this because oh the, yeah it's when you're helping someone who's shot Yep. It's much, you know, it's easier to be patient because you're like, and then you encourage the person and all this, you know, of course, shot. Yeah. but you're the one searching for your own deer. You know, you Absolutely. feel, you already feel bad after a while Absolutely. and you're getting yep. frustrated because you don't see him, but you got to keep doing it. You know, your example, you know, it, it took a couple hours to find this deer, you know, others, yep. people search for four hours, you know, or exactly. whatever. And you just got to exactly. be positive, I guess, be patient and positive, you know. You, you you got to you got to you 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 really do you know and again it, it's horrible but you know you 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 sit there and you you look at your phone and I mean there there are times when I've even almost thought about setting my alarm on my phone you know setting a a deal for twenty minutes and that way I'm not constantly looking at my phone but you know again if you did make an errant shot okay and you 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 get in there too soon you're going to push that deer especially if he's gut shot. Mm-hmm. You know, again, a gut shot deer will just run forever. And don't forget, the blood factor on the gut shot deer may not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, boy, if that's the case, it's just going to be really tough to find them. Uh, in, in the case of, of you and I, when I made that bad shot, we gave that deer over an hour. And it was it was good and cold, so the meat was fine. And, and he he ran 50, crossed over a creek, probably went another 20 and died up on the kind of the base of the hill and I, I remember you found him and I just I couldn't believe it but again you know we, we kind of let him do his thing that bullet got in there and uh, you know it, it, it did its job um, so well now uh, yeah. when when would you stop looking what were you know it's a well it's kind of one of those things you don't ever know you know no, it's just sure. like a, for sure that's like for the sure. worst decision or worst it's a tough decision I should say to make you know yeah no you no, haven't found one yet Oh yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. Um, that that's really tough, you know. Um, God, I remember our, one of our other good buddies who's we've been hunting about the same about the same time. You know, I one of one of the two that I've I wounded shot her right in the lungs at you know 50 yards. I still to this day how we couldn't find her, I, I'll never know. 
uh, but we we probably gave it a good three hours um, at least. Then we went back the next day. Mm-hmm. Then I went back the next weekend <laughs> uh, right. and, and and could not find her. Wow. Um, but I will typically look and, until I just can't look anymore, until the flashlight dies, or I am just physically exhausted, and then that because I feel like I owe it to him, you know. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, of course, and and and, and the one thing everybody's got to remember, and it, it's true, that if you don't recover that animal, okay, yeah, you're not going to be able to eat it, okay, and, and the the meat will go to waste from that point of view. However. That deer will be consumed very, very, very quickly by the other critters, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, and and I think it's important that people look at that. It's not like it's just going to sit there and, you know, and, and just you know biodegrade. You know, the other animals are going to tear it up, and it's just going to be back part kind of the uh, circle uh, of life. Exactly, exactly. And it sucks that you didn't get it, but uh, you know, you just you you got to you got to learn from it. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it just depends. Now, I know in some of the other states, uh, and then, of course, this could happen here in Texas, too. You know, if you shoot a deer at night and it's, the you know, the, the lowest 10 degrees or, you know, 20 degrees below freezing, let's put it that way, you know, and, and you don't recover your animal, a lot of times they'll just go back the next day, mm-hmm. you know. Now, they don't, I don't think they've got the coyotes and the hogs like we do, um, you know, because obviously they'll, they'll make quick work of them, but uh you know, I've seen many a hunting show that they, you know, they shot this gigantic Iowa buck and it's, you know, minus <laughs> 45 and I'm like, well, we're not going to push them. And then they go back the next day, you know? Right. Uh, of course, that's a lot of time with archery gear, which is kind mm-hmm. of a whole different ball game. But, um, um, but yeah, you know, especially with, with this deer that, that we got the last Friday night, we just, you know, if we had gone back the next day, it would have been just for a moral victory. Yep. Uh, that yep. meat would have been beyond disgusting. They could have got the the skull or the the antlers at least maybe. True, very true, very true. All right, very well, that's true. good stuff. That's yeah. uh, yeah. Um, I guess the moral of the story, you know, just uh, try to pay attention to what the animal does when you shoot it. Yeah, watch it as much as you as far as much as you can. Mark mark it. You know, yep. um, take your time. Be patient, Absolutely. or especially be patient getting out of the blind, and Absolutely. so you don't push it. Yep. Um, and really, just be patient while you're looking, and keep your head down, look for the blood, and absolutely. Uh, you know, if you can't find them after a long enough time, only you'll know, I guess, uh, whether you've put in the effort enough to to find them. Right. But if you get to that point where it's like, you know, I have, I feel like I've done everything I can, and if you can't find them, then it happens. You know, yep. in the end, it happens yep. to everybody. So. You know, so, something else I'll, mem- I'll, I'll, I'll mention that it's it's become a real big thing lately here in here in Texas is is using you know uh, tracking dogs. You know, the 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 national or the state dog of the official state dog of Texas is the um, is the blue lacy, and and they're half half coyote, half something, or half cur, or something like that. Anyways, they are they are outstanding tracking dogs. Um, and the the lace they then a lot of ranchers and hunting guides and whatnot use laces to uh, I think it's laces isn't that right yeah, yeah. blue laces yeah. yeah blue laces okay. sure, yeah yeah, yeah. well they, I'm like ninety five percent sure on that like, yeah no I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's right uh, they use these blue they use these dogs to to track these deer I mean and then these guys drive hours for them you know so 
you know, one of the things that I'm actually thinking about doing with my next dog is trying to is trying to make that dog kind of into a blood trailing dog. You know, I, I tried to use her one time and of course she's chasing squirrels and rabbits and birds, you know, which <laughs> that's okay. Cause that's kind of what I trained her for, but I would love to train a, uh, a blood dog because that's obviously can be, I mean, be very, very handy. Um, so yeah. 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 And uh, you barely mentioned it, but uh, there are some people out there that offer those services. Definitely. Uh, so Open your phone and Google some of them. Uh, that'd be great to get some one of them on here and talk about. Yeah, that. that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> so there's stay one tuned. gentleman. Yeah, no, for sure. There's one gentleman down South Texas who that that's what he does. Well, for a living. Yeah, can you imagine? Huh. Okay, honey, gotta go to uh, this ranch. I mean, oh my uh, god, that's great. Good. Yeah, that would be cool. So, yep, right, absolutely. Let's make, let's make a note of that. I will do that. I will do that. All right, awesome. Uh, you got anything else on this topic? Uh, I think that's that's a good one for for today. I think so too, my friend. Now we're good. Just uh, it's December. Glad to be glad to be back on the saddle. November was lots of trade shows and lots of cities that I don't like to be in. So it's good to be home. <laughs> Absolutely, good to get uh, get back out to El, El Rancho Bandito. Absolutely, absolutely. I was starting to get a Yankee accent there for a little bit, so <laughs> glad that's no longer a problem. Right, right. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that one, and uh, everyone out there, just uh, stay tuned for uh, next episode of the Feed Bandit podcast. And while you're at it, be sure to check out our website, FeedBandit.com, where we all, we're running some uh, giveaways, some gear giveaways, some book giveaways, things of that nature. So just uh, stay tuned. Uh, for things like that, and be sure to sign up for our uh, our email list. Uh, go to feedbandit.com slash join, and on there we will also make you aware of whenever ob- obviously new podcasts come out, but also uh, some of the gear that we're giving away. So uh, yeah, be sure just to uh, stay tuned and check us out at feedbandit.com, and uh, we will talk to you uh, talk to you soon. All right, thank you very much, and remember support your local feed store. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you want to find new and innovative hunting gear and service providers not typically offered through the traditional big box hunting stores, come on over and join the hunt at feedbandit.com join. When you join, as a bonus, you'll get our entertaining free e-guide of unique hunting tips and tricks. And a reminder to all you small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the FeedBandit podcast, please let us know. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Go to feedbandit.com promote. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it would really help us out. Go to feedbandit.com iTunes. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time. Please remember to support your local feed store.